As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. This is Nurse Mo, and today we are on episode 158 of the Straight A Nursing Podcast. And today we'll be talking about APGAR scores and those crucial first newborn nursing assessments and interventions. Before we dive into that, let's take a quick moment for the listener shout out. Tanisha left this review of my book, Nursing School Thrive Guide, and she says, I listened to it on Audible, twice actually. This is how I discovered Nurse Mo and all of her wonderful resources, podcasts, planners, study guides, nursing school notes, you name it. If you haven't checked out her website, do it. You won't regret it. Tanisha, thank you so much for taking the time to send that in. And I'm so happy that the resources I provide nursing students have been helpful for you. So in this episode, you guys, we're talking about APGAR scoring. At the end, we'll have a few pod quiz questions because I know you guys love those. And if you do really love them, I also have an exciting announcement at the end about how to get more pod quizzes into your life. So one of the most important functions you will perform in that postpartum period are the assessment of and interventions for the newborn. So if you're the baby nurse, which means you're the nurse caring for the baby, that's going to be your role. And essentially, this can be divided into three phases, starting with birth and leading up to the period where the newborn has appropriately transitioned to life outside the womb. So in this episode today, we'll be focusing on that initial moment, those initial assessments that occur within the first minute up to that first 24 hours after birth with a heavy emphasis on that very, very immediate postpartum period. So immediately after the infant is born, you'll be conducting some key assessments. And the most important of that is the APGAR score. So this assessment is basically a quick overview of the baby's body systems and adaptation to extra uterine life. It is typically conducted at minute one, then again at minute five, And then if the scoring is not where the MD or your hospital policy and procedures wants it to be, typically a score seven or greater, if it's not there, then there are further assessments at the 10, 15, and 20 minute mark, okay? But your hospital, your facility may be different. You may do the scoring at every interval, no matter what. They may have a different threshold for what requires further assessments, etc. But that's a generalization. You do it at minute one, you do it at minute five. And if that five minute assessment is less than a seven, you're doing it again at minute 10, 15 and 20. So with this assessment, you're looking at five key components, the baby's activity, pulse, grimace, 
appearance and respirations. So A-P-G-A-R, which is why we call it the APGAR. So the best possible score is a 10, but typically anything in the 7 to 10 range is considered generally normal for that very immediate period after the baby is born. A score of 4 to 6 tells us this baby's having some difficulty adjusting to life outside the womb. This could be due to medications that were given during labor or in cases of a very, very rapid delivery or a premature delivery. Now, a score of zero in any area or a total score below four is of a special concern. This baby may have a health problem we don't know about yet, maybe a cardiac abnormality, may have a bleeding disorder or be hemorrhaging in some way, or difficulty breathing. Additionally, babies that score that low will need most likely immediate resuscitation and get a trip to the neonatal intensive care unit. So a baby whose APGAR score does not improve beyond that 0 to 3 range at that 20-minute mark has a very, very high risk for mortality. So again, as that baby nurse, the one caring for the baby, it is your responsibility to always immediately report APGAR scores to the attending practitioner so that appropriate interventions can be completed. So let's talk through the elements of the APGAR score. A is for activity. You make note of the baby's level of activity. It can range from no movement with flaccid muscles, which is a zero, to some flexion of the limbs, which is a score of one, or vigorous movement of both arms and legs, and that is a score of two. So that's activity. For pulse... You can obtain the heart rate by auscultating the heart, though some reference materials that I came across as I was researching this for you was that you could also palpate at the junction of the umbilical cord and the infant's skin, though at the hospital where I work, it's via auscultation. So a heart rate that is absent is a score of zero. A heart rate less than 100 beats per minute requires some immediate intervention, and we'll talk about that in a minute, and a rate less than 60 beats per minute requires chest compressions according to PALS guidelines. So a pulse of zero is a score of zero. A pulse less than 100 is a score of one, and a pulse greater than 100 is a score of two. With grimace, We're looking at the baby's response to stimulation. A perfect time to do this is um, when maybe when you're drying off the baby or you can tap on on the baby's little foot there and see how they respond to that stimulation. So no grimace to stimulation is a zero. If they just grimace, that's a score of one. But if they cry... That's a good score. That's a score of two. We like crying babies. And then under appearance, we're looking for a baby with a skin color appropriate for their skin tone. Now, you will hear the term pink thrown around as the normal finding. But guess what? Not everybody is pink, and you're not necessarily going to see a pink tone 
on darker skinned infants. However, you can note pallor, which will be notable on the palms and the soles of the feet. So a baby who is oxygenating well and air quotes pink will usually have good scores for pulse and respirations as well. So if the baby is pale, has pallor or is blue, that is a score of zero. If their baby is quote unquote pink at the trunk, but cyanotic at the hands and the feet, that would be a score of one. And then if the baby is completely air quotes pink or normal skin tone for their race for the amount of melanin in their skin, then that is a score of two, okay? And then we look at respirations. A crying baby is a breathing baby. So if you are assessing your respirations by visualization, make sure that you are assessing the rise and fall of the abdomen because newborns are diaphragmatic breathers. At my facility, it is standard practice to measure respiratory rate by auscultation, so listening with your stethoscope. A baby with inadequate respirations or, of course, no respirations requires immediate respiratory intervention. So no respirations is obviously a score of zero. If their respiratory rate is slow or they have just a very weak cry, that is a score of one. And then a good strong cry is a score of two. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. So some nurse interventions can improve the APGAR score, and these include stimulating the baby to breathe and, you know, just like I mentioned earlier, drying the baby, you get their grimace, you could also be stimulating them to breathe with that rubbing of their skin, or providing positive pressure ventilation via the bag valve mask, that might be something that would be done. Now, you might hear people talking about bulb suctioning. This is actually being phased out as a standard procedure. Bulb suctioning the airway only when it's absolutely necessary seems to be more the standard of practice going in that direction. But a lot of times nursing school textbooks are really old. So it might say bulb suctioning as a just standard procedure, okay? The studies are showing there's risk for bradycardia, there's risk for aspiration, and that babies might be, do better if they can just cry and clear their own airways. So just be aware, check your facility protocols for bulb suctioning. Normalizing baby's temperature, usually this involves keeping baby warm, but if the parent was febrile, baby could have hyperthermia, so normalizing temperature could go either direction, though usually it is keeping the baby warm, and that's, you know, drying the skin and using that radiant warmer, and I believe the mattress may be warmed as well. If the baby's very premature, that's a whole other ball of wax, so we'll talk about very premature babies another time. 
Baby may need chest compressions. So if that heart rate is less than 60, then PALS, Pediatric Advanced Life Support, indicates it's time to start chest compressions. So note that many times, many hospitals will have a team for neonatal resuscitation. You would get that chest compression started, but that neonatal team would then soon be at the bedside to take over and take the baby to the NICU. And then if that heart rate is less than 100 or the baby is gasping or having periods of apnea, then that PPV with the bag valve mask will be needed until that heart rate is normalized and that respiratory status is improved. Again, hospital policies will dictate a lot of this. This is a general overview. So some other interventions during that immediate postpartum period include things like drying the infant and utilizing skin to skin to promote bonding. This also prevents heat loss and really does help baby adjust to extra uterine life, okay? And then my sister-in-law said they may not even dry the infants. They just go straight to skin to skin. They get the baby on the skin immediately. You may be drawing cord blood gases if there's any question about the baby's oxygenation or acid-base balance. You get that from the cord blood. That would be a protocol or an MD order, of course. And then cord blood could also be sent to the lab to assess baby's blood type. We'd also want to get an ID band on the little one as soon as we can. Placing the cord clamp typically at one minute, though it does depend on what's going on with the baby, and then vital signs at regular intervals. A common interval is every 30 minutes, and this includes baby's temp, heart rate, and respiratory rate. And again, best practice is auscultation, but it may depend on your hospital's uh, procedures how you obtain that respiratory rate. Baby typically won't be hooked up to a monitor, so heart rate auscultation, typically better, more reliable than palpation. So in that postpartum period, maybe not just the very immediate period, but a little bit later, at one hour, a very typical course of action for things that you do with this baby are get the weight, get the measurements, get the footprints, that erythromycin eye ointment that the little babies get, the vitamin K that is used to prevent hemorrhage. Some facilities may give the Hep B right then, but it's often delayed until day one, which would be the next day. Assessing baby for any abnormalities, getting a thorough head-to-toe assessment. If the parent who had the baby was diabetic or received certain medications in labor, such as some beta blockers or terbutaline, then the blood glucose level will be checked, or if the baby is preterm, you would check a blood glucose, or if they're very small for gestational age or very large for gestational age. And then, of course, always promoting bonding and breastfeeding as appropriate. So there you go, guys. Super quick, quick guide to APGAR scores and some of the key nursing interventions in that immediate period following the birth. So when I was in my labor and delivery clinicals, I wasn't too excited about taking care of the laboring individual. That just seemed so hard for me to watch someone go through that. 
Um, anyone that goes through that is a total and complete rock star. Um, very hard for me to witness other people being in pain. So I much preferred the uh, being the baby nurse. So I thought that was really fun. So doing the APGAR scores, doing the vitamin K injections, getting the weight and the measurements, and they're just like little peanuts. They're just so cute. So yeah, um, I much rather being the baby nurse with all of that. So let's do a few pod quiz questions, you guys. I know you guys that have experienced these have such great feedback. You really love them. And if you want a lot more pod quizzes in your life, then you are going to love my new podcast called Straight Nursing Study Sesh. So I will give you all the details on that in a bit. And you can check it out at straightanursingstudent.com forward slash study dash sesh. Okay, so let's do a few pod quiz questions here. I'll ask you a question, pause to give you time to answer, and then we'll go over the answer. Name two common labs that we may get in that early postpartum period using the cord blood. So an ABG and the baby's blood type. If the heart rate is less than 60, what do PALS protocols indicate is needed? Chest compressions. If the baby is darker skinned, where can you observe pallor most reliably? On the palms of their little hands and the soles of their little feet. Very good. What does the G in APGAR assess? G assesses grimace, the baby's response to stimulation. And what's the most reliable way to count respirations? by auscultation. So very, very good job, you guys. So that was just a few pod quiz questions. Imagine having an entire episode dedicated to pod quizzing you on newborn assessment. How helpful would that be when you're reinforcing your learning and studying for exams? Well, that's exactly what study sesh is. It is a podcast dedicated to pod quizzes along with drills, case studies, and something called a power hour where we deep dive into a specific topic. So if you're interested in learning more about that, just go to straightanursingstudent.com forward slash study dash sesh, and I will put the link in the episode notes as well, and you can subscribe to it there. The process is super easy. There's step-by-step instructions. You should have no difficulty managing that. You guys are all super smart, and I am excited to see you over there on study sesh as my study buddy. Okay, next week, you guys, we are going to talk about memorizing versus conceptualizing in nursing school. So I know you've probably heard people say, don't memorize, just understand concepts, but that's kind of hard to do for everything. Some things are just not a concept, okay? Uh, Foley catheter French sizes are not a concept. Um, Needle gauge sizes are not a concept. The 
cranial nerve numbers and names. That's not a concept. Those are just facts, and we have to memorize them so that we can apply them to the broader concept. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week, memorizing versus conceptualizing, and some techniques that you can use that are really effective for nursing school. So I'll see you back here next week to talk about that. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night.